today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Scott Radley is with us, host of the Scott Radley Show and columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. Filled in for me last week. He'll be back to his regular show uh, tonight and uh, got him pegged to talk about some Olympics right here. Let's talk about uh, the Olympics. When this first all started, all the, the it's funny how... Uh, the conversation about the Olympic, the Olympics is so different before the Olympics than it is once the Olympics actually gets underway. Obviously, this time with Tokyo 2020, it, it was COVID. Uh, what sort of impact did COVID have on these games other than nobody being there? Well, that's the big one, obviously. But, you know, last week while you were off, we had Eleanor Harvey on. She's from Westdale. She's a fencer. She was there for her second game. So she actually had some context to compare what happened in Rio to what happened here. And, you know, she said basically that she was poked in the brain with those swabs, like, endlessly. Um, The Athletes' Village, now stuff we don't see, but the Athletes' Village, which is, you know, usually a very social place where you gather and talk with people from other countries and all the rest, it was, you know, you go to your facility, you come back, you get something to eat, you go to your room. Um, I don't know that we saw all the impacts, but I think for the athletes, from the sounds of it, there was a very huge impact on how these games were. And, and I mean, even to the point where normally once you were done your game or your event, you would spend some time going into Tokyo yeah. or wherever the games were and exploring, and then you would stick around for the closing ceremonies. Yesterday, the closing ceremonies, in addition to being an empty stadium fans, I mean, if you saw those pictures, they had, I think, just one flag bearer from each country, and, and even the floor was basically almost empty. So mm-hmm. lots of lots of differences. Not all, although the fans, obviously, as you say, the fans were the big one. But that was a really obvious and really um, a, a, a one that affected things. Because I, I even think the coverage, when you watch and there's no fans, you lose a lot. You lose a lot of the atmosphere and the excitement without that roar. Uh, so, uh, that, uh, despite all of that, Canada has one of its best showings. Talk about Team Canada's performance. Uh, phenomenal performance. And, um, you know, the first half of the games, all the talk was about why are our women doing so well and our men aren't. And the back half of the games, um, the men, I don't want to say they stole the show, but certainly with some of the medals that they won. Andre de Grasse winning gold was enormous. And winning the, the decathlon was enormous. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the women's soccer. The, there were, one of the great things about Canada's games this time, and why I think for a lot of people they were seen as so successful, was not just the number of medals, which was great, but also in those which medals were won. And were some of the really um, the high end, and I mean, every gold medal is a gold medal. I don't mean that, but some of the ones that you know, decathlon is such a signature event of any games. The hundred meters, well, DeGrasse won a bronze, but then you know that's the signature event, and then the two hundred, which is one of them, and then of course the way the women's soccer played out. So you know, it would have been a great games if Canada had won twenty four medals and done it all in trampoline and skateboarding and synchronized swimming. Right. But I don't know that it would have had quite the same impact as it does when they are some of the big, big, big time sports. 
What did this Olympics do for the Olympic movement? Um, more interest, less interest. Uh, many say you can't go through a pandemic and not come out the other end changed. How has the Olympic movement changed as a result of this? That you know, that's a question that I—it's uh, not the right time to ask it yet. We don't have the answer, yet, and I'll tell you why. Two reasons. The first one: TV ratings were awful. For this, even though Canada did well, our ratings were down like 25 percent, and in the states they were down like 50. I mean, it was a disaster. American television. So we really don't know. Was this because of the time difference? Was this because of the no fans? Was this because of COVID? Is this because of political things in the states where nobody likes each other and half the country doesn't feel like they should be cheering for the states and rooting for the flag and singing the Star Spangled Banner. Like, there's a number of things. Where we're going to get a better, I think, of what this has done is in base. But even then, it's going to be a really... um, There's going to be a lot of questions because you now, not only it's the Winter Olympics, which are never as big, you're going to have an equally difficult time difference. And you've got the geopolitics of this where a lot of people are saying we, Western countries, democratic countries, shouldn't even be sending their athletes because of China's behavior. And, you know, here in Canada with two Michaels that you've covered so well. And I mean, it's so I don't know when we know the answer. We may not really know the answer to that question until Paris in, three years from now in 2024. And if, you know, that's a not as big a time difference, it's much easier to watch. It's a country that I think most people can be happy with hosting it and feel good about. If everything returns normal, if there's full stadiums, and if the TV numbers are all back, then the answer, I think, to your question is nothing changed. But if in 2024 TV numbers are still way down and there's a lack of interest and all this stuff, then, then I think you can point back to this moment and say, this may have been when things turned for the IOC and not in a good way. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. A new poll out today saying the majority of Canadians do not want athletes to go to the Beijing Olympics for the reasons that you uh, just expressed. How do you think we're going to be feeling six months from now? Because it certainly doesn't look like... Uh, there'll be a, a lot of political change. Uh, the, uh, you know, I'm not sure how the two Michaels, uh, whether they'll be out by then. Um, but how how do we send teams there considering those situations? And, and what are your thoughts on the feeling of Canadians on this? And is, you know, we delayed it for a pandemic. And some even talked about canceling it altogether for a pandemic. Do we for that, but not this? I don't think the IOC has the... Um well, whatever word you want to use, um, the stones to uh, to stand up to Beijing and say we're going to delay this thing or you have to f- fix things before we come there or we're going to pull the games. There's there's no there's no chance that happens. So this entirely then falls onto individual countries, and the only way anything happens is some country goes first. If this was going to happen, if some country says, well, you know, we're just not sending our athletes, and then then you see, one of two things happen. You either end up with a cascade of other countries saying, yeah, we're out too, or that country is left blowing in the breeze as the only one, which is a really 
Like this is more than Scott, because do you want to be, if you're, let's say you're the Canadian government, do you want to be the one country that steps forward first and says, we're not going, we're boycotting the Olympics. And then no one comes in line behind you. And now you are the country that Beijing is looking at that you've tried to embarrass them. It. And you're left standing there. Like there's more than sports here. There's economics and politics and everything. well and there's also there's also the two michaels here so if there was any can any country that should be first should it not be canada considering they have two of our citizens detained for what appears to be no reason it's a great point and i think a lot of people are saying yes and that, that's what that poll suggests but again becomes pretty delicate i'm not going to deny that it becomes pretty delicate because if all of a sudden you say we're going first and then if there is not the the movement behind, if the states say, no, we're still going to go, and European countries say, no, we're still going to go, and Canada's left there out in the open, does that help the two Michaels, or does that make things even worse? Because of now you've embarrassed China, or tried to on the world stage. And so, look, it, it, is, a, it is a really, really difficult one. And we haven't even mentioned, which I think is unfair not to mention, you know, again, I, I that it's just sports, but we've got athletes who have been training for years and years and years, and I always get, you know, angst about the idea of then telling them, we're going to use you in a political fight, and you're not going to go and compete, so you've wasted four years of your life. Um, what, you know, what, at what point does this become an issue of safety? Uh, are you concerned about the safety for athletes, considering the two Michaels were plucked off the street? As much as the Michael thing is there, I I find it almost impossible to envision a scenario in which China, despite its authoritarian tendencies, would do anything with international athlete that was there for the Olympics. I I, I just I can't fathom a scenario, even if somebody were to hold up a free Taiwan on the gold medal pole. I don't, I can't envision Chinese authorities walking into the stadium and arresting that person or stopping them at the airport. There's just the, the, the international blowback, not just now from one or two countries, from everywhere. It, it just, it, I just can't see it happening. So I'm not particularly worried about the athletes that way. I mean, we could still have COVID and we could have worse COVID by that point. Who knows what that's going to be all about. But, um, now, could there be other things, like not the athletes, but later on, let's say somebody did some sort of protest like that. Could you see their country facing sanctions? Remember, uh, a number of years ago, uh, the NBA has a big presence in China, and a number of years ago, yeah. Houston Rockets general manager made a public comment about something that happened in China, and that cost the NBA like a billion dollars. Uh, in blowback afterwards. The general manager wasn't arrested in there or anything in China, but it, it was a big, big financial yeah. blow. So you could see countries paying a price afterwards. Um, but no, I, I'm not worried about an athlete being imprisoned or something. I don't think. I should, maybe I should be, but I don't think I am. Scott Radley with us, host of the Scott Radley Show. He is back in his uh, regular time slot tonight. And, of course, columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. Scott, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well. Thank you, too. And, and be way harder on Ted, please, in the future. I will, I will take that advice. Thank you so much. Uh- <laughs> 
The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.